podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Hey, ladies and gents, welcome to another edition of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, your host, uh, and you can find me at Late Round QB on Twitter. And I'm joined this time, hopefully, by my lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, how's it going, buddy? Hey, not not uh, not as bad as last week, and uh, but you know, my wife Melissa almost had to sub for me again because I was on my way to another crying shower. After uh, news of uh, Denario Alexander's lost season uh, uh, hit the twitters today, and it's all very it's all very sad. He was he's he's kind of a favorite of mine. I think he was a favorite of anyone who was targeting like mid to you know that mid to late round uh, big receiver who was red zone relevant. And now it's now it's all over. So you know this this off season's pretty much been a debacle for. Well, for me personally, as everyone knows, with with Pitta going down. Yeah, for for what it's worth, I was um, drinking a beer, not really, but uh, when it happened, and I poured it out for you. Good. Not good. not yeah. even for not even for DX, but for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at when when DX goes down. Does anyone think of DX? I think everyone just thinks of me, right? Oh, come oh, on, without a doubt. Um, so you know we're we're gonna dig into that. We have a, a guest on tonight, Davis Maddock, who Davis Maddock, who we will uh, <laughs> we, we will uh, you know be talking to. But but first, actually, we have another guest. We have we have two guests tonight. Uh, the first one is uh, his name is Terrence McMullen. He's from thewarroom.com, and uh, you know it's a it's a great kind of aggregator on Twitter. They they do awesome stuff. Um, and they, they promote our work, so, you know, it's time to, to return the favor here. Um, Terrence, why don't you tell uh, everyone a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing? Yeah, you got it, man. Appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. And uh, so, sorry, Denny, about DX. That was tough for me, too. This is, a, <laughs> this is, a, this is like the season of the offseason of the torn ACL. It's, it's oh, miserable. Oh, man, I'm telling you. But, uh, no, but, yeah, again, appreciate you guys having me on. And, yeah, we're psyched, man. The, the warm.com, um, as you mentioned, man, first and foremost, it's we're an aggregator. So, our main goal is to bring all the best fantasy content into one place, uh, make it easy to find for, for all the fantasy players out there, um, and at the same time really introduce them to some content that they might not have seen otherwise. So obviously everybody knows about ESPN and Roto World, and those are great sites. Um, but we want to expose people to some of the other great content that's out there. So for football season alone, we have over 50 sources now that we're aggregating and uh, trying to do it in an intelligent way, too, where users can filter it, they can search it, and really get all the information they could ever want for fantasy season. Um, and I think a good example of that comes from what we just released, which was our, our ultimate fantasy football draft guide, um, which in that same spirit was an aggregated draft guide where we pulled in content from all the sources we use, um, really kind of celebrating our industry as we head, in, head into our favorite part of the year um, and pulling in, you know, all the rankings, the tiers, the sleepers and busts, the coaching change analysis, all that stuff into one guide um, so that the user can get all the information they need and also they could see all this great content that's out there in our industry. Yeah, you know, you, you I, I, I took a look at it and I, I've looked through it and it's, it's really awesome stuff because it, it, it gives you so many different perspectives. It's not it's not just, you know, sitting down and reading Denny and Mai's ebook and and just getting our tone. It's literally, you know, 
getting the best articles uh, that are out there from from the best in the business. And and it's it's a, it, you guys have done really good work. Is there anything specific that that you happen to you know like a lot about the guy that that you know the audience might want to know more about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it it is great, and I will plug you guys as well. You and Denny's ebook are are mentioned there because you guys obviously I would recommend people to read that and sit down and do that alone. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. One of the sections I really like is is the sleepers and bus section that I mentioned before. What we what we did with that is we literally went out. Um, and this was my job for the draft guide and read every sleeper and bus column that existed or that we could find on the internet and then just made our list of the most common players that were mentioned um, and then pulled in some of the really good analysis. So that section is great because it gives you, I think we have at least 15 or so sites that are sourced in that section that, that are providing sleepers and busts. So that's great. But it also, you know that the players we picked are the most commonly picked guys across all the sites. So you get some consensus there to feel really good. If they're, if they're listed as a sleeper, you could feel pretty confident about that. Um, so that's one of my favorite sections in the in the in the guide. Nice. Are there any uh, any any very common sleepers and busts throughout uh, the, the multiple experts that you kind of pulled from? Yeah, the the tough one for me. I'm I'm in a one keeper league that's really important to me, and uh, my keeper quarterback is Colin Kaepernick, and he just got destroyed on the bus section. I mean, every site I went to, I feel like he was the most common bus that people had for the quarterback position. So that was tough for me to read over and over again. But uh, I'm, I'm sticking with him regardless. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, I mean, where, where can everyone uh, check it out and, and get it? Yeah, definitely. So uh, it, it's available for download totally for free at thewarroom.com. Um, you, could, you could actually get it without registering for the site. We, we'd love you to, for you to register, too. But if you want to kind of feel us out first and check out the guide, go to thewarroom.com um, or at ownthewarroom on Twitter. Um, we're always tweeting about it there, and you'll see some of our stuff there, too. Yeah, and I would recommend everyone follow you guys because it, it's, a, it's a great aggregator, one of, one of my favorites out there. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Terrence, for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I think that everyone should definitely go uh, check it out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night yeah, take, and uh, yeah. good, good luck this season. Thanks. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. That is Terrence McMullen from thewarroom.com. It's a, it's a cool site that they have there. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a good, it's a good place uh, to kind of see everything at once instead of uh, scour like 15 sites for, uh, for all the news of the day. I mean, if you're, on, if you're on Twitter all day, that's one thing. But if you're a regular person, a normal human being, uh, that that site is uh, is is really helpful. Yes. Um, so tonight, actually, first we're going to uh, officially introduce our guest, Mr. Davis Maddock. Davis, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. How are you guys doing tonight? We're fantastic. You you were saying before we got on that you were feeling a little under the weather, so your uh, your auto tuning might might need a little bit of tuned. Yeah, I might not sound like T-Pain. I got the sniffles or something right now. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to do some editing after this is over. <laughs> yes, for, please. For sure. I God, I listened back to, to our podcast last week, and I, I'm just like, what was I doing? I feel like I was just like, kind of flustered the entire time with, with Denny's computer problems and trying to like yes. – Yeah, I blame Denny is what I'm saying. <laughs> and why not really? I mean, I mean I'm the one who drafted three uh, – quarterbacks in a row in that in that failed mock yes oh man that was that was a disaster but we got it all turned around and i've added some sweet music in the last one Uh, you did so that was fun anyway um do you do you want to you guys want to talk a little bit about uh what's been going around and around the league this week that was the the denario alexander news is pretty insane it is yeah it's it's kind of not unexpected though that's true he does have the knees of an 85 year old 
is this the knee is this the opposite knee though that, that he's know. had i haven't really read into it yet i haven't had the time to i i I read I read on Twitter that this wasn't the knee that he's had problems with that it was the other one. So he does he now officially has knees of an 85 year old. Officially. Yeah, that's I mean crazy. It really is it really is amazing. I, I know that that people I've I've seen people you know get down on him a bit uh, with um, you know Mike McCoy's um, offense being you know not not being too friendly to big big deep threats like an Alexander, but. Um, uh, I still, I still really liked him where he was going in drafts, and I guess this is just another, another lesson in, in not holding your, you know, your, your real drafts until what much later in August, because I mean, this, this, this sucks, you know, for someone who, who picked Alexander this week. You know? I mean, this, 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 it's, this it's, it's par for the Denny Carter course this season. It is. <laughs> it is. Look at my team with uh, Denario and uh, Dennis Pitta is looking real fine right now, guys. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> how many articles did you write about – How many? Uh, both of you guys, how many articles did you write where you at least included Denario Alexander? Davis? I mean, I went, on, I went on that whole Vincent Brown tangent for like a week and a half where I didn't write about anything else. So like at least five articles. Yeah, mentioned. yeah, where you referenced him and we're, we're dissecting him a bit. Denny? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I talked about Alexander a whole lot. I'm just he's just kind of I feel I feel like an attachment to him because um, I stepped out on him, you know, really oh, yeah, early last year, uh, la- last year and, and said, you know, th- this guy is not just a not just a stash like he's he needs to be in your lineup. And so, I, you know, I was particularly proud of that. But but, uh, you know, now. Now I have to find another person to gloat about, so that stinks. Yeah, I actually I, I went back and looked at all. I'm in like eight best ball leagues right now, MFL tens, and uh, yeah. that's so bad. But uh, <laughs> although I know I do know that that our boy Rich Rebar is in like 79. He is, yeah. It may be 80 now. Matt Riddle is in like hundreds. What's that? Oh yeah, uh, Riddle. Yeah. Matt Matt Riddle, yeah. Oh. God, it's insane. I'm in like eight. I feel like a degenerate being an eight, but they're in hundreds. I, it's unbelievable. But I, I realized that I didn't. I never drafted Denario Alexander. You didn't? I did oh not. I have him everywhere. I'm so lucky. Freaking... Lucky me. Anyway, tonight uh, we're we're gonna talk about some late round wide receivers. Um, it's it it'll be interesting. I think that that this year's uh, class has a lot of upside. Uh, towards the tail end of drafts um, and, and you know the first thing that I did want to kind of speak to um, is that idea of, of positional depth you know I think that everyone everyone is saying that the wide receiver position is deep um, but but do you guys necessarily agree with that do you think that the position is deep Davis no I I actually don't think it is I think if you don't get one of like the top eight guys I think you're kind of screwed um, I think you really need to be aiming to get like the Des Bryant's and the Demarius Thomases because if you look at uh, just the, get the Rotoviz Sim scores, there's a big drop off after after that that elite tier. Then it's sort of just kind of the same from like ten to like twenty five. Yeah, Denny, do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I I would agree on that, and I also think that you know I've I've had like I said like this last week I've had this crisis of. Uh, crisis of faith on the on the RB RB uh, start to a draft um, in some cases because uh, I think that running back has as it always does this time of year has gotten deeper you know you you, you have more legit options later on whereas you know two two months ago 
RB RB seemed like the only logical, the, the only way to go about it. Um, so I am leaning toward the 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 Des the, the Des types, the Brandon Marshall types, if they're there for me um, in, in the second, uh, and then going running back in the third. I mean, that's just uh, I think that the that 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 strategy will will not leave you bankrupt like it would have a couple a couple year a couple months ago. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. I think that the people who believe that um, wide receiver is deep are the people that believe in basic value-based drafting principles. I've said this so many times uh, on this podcast and in writing, but, um, you know, it, it's it, that to me is part of the reason that VBD uh, kind of leads you down the wrong path is that you're going to look at these year-end totals for these wide receivers and you're not going to see – uh, that huge of a differential between your top wide receivers and the and their baseline players, but uh, you know the the realistic piece of wide receiver play is consistency from week to week because it's such a volatile position. So uh, you know, given that the 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 top guys at wide receiver year after year give you more top twelve, top twenty four performances than running backs and quarterbacks do uh, compared to the rest of their position, meaning that the elite guys at their position you know, are more consistently the elite guys in comparison to the way that other receivers play. So I think given that, that's the real reason you pick wide receivers early. And that's the real reason that, as you said, Denny, um, you know, you can afford to get a wide receiver in the second round, especially now that, that the running back position, it got deeper since the draft. It got deeper, you know, with a guy like Lamar Miller and, and people were, people like you maybe Denny are, are still fine with getting David Wilson in the third, and <laughs> and and I, I that's that's fine if you feel confident in those RB twos, and then you can even get an RB th- an RB three in the fourth round, uh, and and shore that up pretty nicely, and still have good options at at wide receiver in the fifth. Yeah, I actually think that a guy like Eddie Lacy could 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 also kind of uh, inflate that uh, running back depth later on. Uh, I mean, even if he gets the fourteen or so carries per game that Cedric Benson got before he went down for the year last year. Um, I think that he, he's a, he's a fine value where he's going now, if the Packers really do come out and say he, he's our, you know, he's going to be our workhorse or something close to it, then that ADP is going to just go bananas and his value will probably be gone instantly. But as of right now, I feel, I feel fine taking him. Uh, I, I think he's, uh, going in the late fifth, um, you know that that that's that seems reasonable. Fourteen touches for a guy like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, now that we're we're kind of getting into actual wide receiver talk, and well, not to say that Lacey was a wide receiver, but um, let's let's start digging into these late round wide receiver values. Uh, one guy I think that we just need to get it out of the way, and we already briefly touched on this is uh, Davis's favorite, Vincent Brown. Vincent Brown. So Davis, why don't you why don't you give uh, the audience a little a little uh, breakdown on why? Uh, actually, I'm not. How do you feel about Vincent Brown? I feel that Vincent Brown is a really good real football player and probably not a really great fantasy option. He he runs really good routes. He's got good hands. Um, I went back and looked at his college stuff. He posted two seasons where his catch rate was above sixty percent, uh, but he's not a red zone option. Uh, he doesn't have the straight line speed to get down the field. He's only 5'11", 181, so he's not going to beat any big cornerbacks down the field. Uh, the only wide receivers uh, with a slower 40 time than him, uh, slower than 4.65, uh, 
to post a top 30 season over the last decade have been Anquan Bolden and Michael Clayton, and both of them were three inches taller than him and had 30 pounds on him. I just, I just don't see it. Do you think that uh, that now that Denario Alexander is officially out, do you are you gonna you know value Vincent Brown a little bit more, or do you think that Malcolm Floyd is just gonna kind of step right in and take that spot? I mean, I, it definitely means that he's gonna get more targets, which obviously is gonna mean more fantasy points. But I don't even think his staunchest supporters would say that he's the type of guy that you want matched up with you know the Richard Shermans. They right. don't, you don't want you don't want him to be against number one corners. So I'll probably move him up a little bit just based on volume, but he's still not someone I'm targeting. Yeah. Denny, do you have any feelings towards Vincent Brown? Well, I mean, I've heard I've heard both sides of this. Oh, that's weird. I haven't uh, seen that on Twitter yet. Uh, no, no, yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's very rare. It's very rare. <laughs> Super rare. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I, I know that both, both sides of the whole, um, you know, measurables uh, component with, with Brown, but – um, I, I've seen people say he has no chemistry with Phil, with Philip Rivers, and I've seen people say he has great chemistry with, with Philip Rivers. Now, maybe I haven't watched enough. I, I don't know if I have a strong opinion on that. David, do you uh, do you have a, an opinion on that matter? Um, I mean, in only 40 targets in 2012, he had his uh, Philip Rivers' adjusted yards for attempt throwing to Brown was lower than his average for the year, but that's a pretty small sample size. Right, okay, uh, yeah. I just, I, I guess, I just remember a couple games in which uh, Brown. I guess it just seemed like Rivers was throwing up jump balls. Like maybe that's what Rivers does, though. I don't know. It was a, it was a Thursday night game against the Raiders. He scored one jump ball touchdown and then had another one called back by penalty, and that's what is fueling the hype train two years later. Yeah, right. I, well, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he's been he's he's been hurt, and that's one of the big things with him is his health and. Uh, that the, the, that whole entire wide receiving court is is just you don't know what you're gonna get. Malcolm Floyd's missed time with injury. You know, Denario Alexander, as we've already said, is is has the knees of of like a Maltese, and I don't even know what does that even mean. <laughs> what does that mean? Do they have that's knees? A, that's a toy dog. Oh yeah, no, I know. I I grew up with Maltese, 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 if you will. I, but but the the that's the thing with the the whole Chargers uh, offense is is their receivers are just in shambles. Especially now, uh, you have Ryan Matthews who can't stay healthy. You have an offensive line that's garbage, uh, and yeah. you factor in you know Philip Rivers having easily the worst season of his career last year. I don't know if Mike McCoy can be the answer to fixing all of that. I think that San Diego is going down a path of being a potential four and twelve team. If that honestly, I think that that fantasy wise, we're looking at uh, looking at a Raiders 2012 situation. They have a ton of a ton of junk time, garbage time points for for Rivers, um, you know, because I think that that you know the defense was was pretty bad throughout most of last year, especially toward the end of the season, and and they didn't make any huge improvements on offense. I mean, Danny Woodhead. I mean, right. you know, really, they're gonna they're gonna roll with Antonio Gates as their primary pass catcher i mean this it just looks like a debacle the whole thing yeah I, I i tend to agree with you all right well uh let's move on to to some other some other late round wide receivers um you know I, everyone kind of has their sleepers this year there's there's tons and tons of them i, I think that there's like a there's like a really weird gap in, in fantasy drafts where like 
you start to get to your your uh, late round wide receiver sleepers, I guess you would call them. But you're you're starting to draft them almost in round nine now in, in more competitive leagues. Um, but, but you know, before the podcast started, I sent out the agenda, and one of the things was, you know, let's give everyone three wideouts, three late round wideouts that you've been consistently targeting in your draft. So you think you know, could break into that possibly wide receiver two mold uh, this season. So, Davis, let's start with you. Give us one guy, and then we'll see if they're, if he's on our list, and then we'll just kind of comment on him. Yeah, uh, the first guy that I had to mention was Julian Edelman. Um, if he's healthy and playing opposite of Danny Amendola and gets the same amount of targets that even Brandon Lloyd got last year, he's probably going to provide wide receiver two value. Um, people forget this, but last year – Edelman was actually playing more snaps per game than Welker before he got injured. The Patriots like him. He seems to have good chemistry with Brady, and he's going to get used, and they're going to run a lot of plays. Yeah. Any? do you have any thoughts on Edelman? On it, well, I mean, I know that, that Belichick had something to say about how far behind Edelman is in training camp, and I think that's the kind of thing that can drive down an ADP uh, sort of artificially this time of year so. Um, you know, I, I think if if uh, things stay the way they are and he's basically a free flyer at the end, I think that he represents a, a, a ton of upside. And Davis is right. I mean, he had a real role, you know, in that offense, even with, you know, Hernandez and, and Gronk yeah. uh, in there. So I, I, I don't see a reason why he, he wouldn't have a significant role this year. Yeah, my only fear, and I, I don't disagree. I, I think that Edelman's the the non Danny Amendola receiver to draft this year. Uh, if you were gonna go after one in New England, my only fear is that uh, is is just a, a constant you know week to week carousel in a way of of wide receiver play. They have they have so much young potential talent. Uh, Danny Amendola seems to be like the only guy that's gonna be consistent from week to week. Edelman can certainly step in and, and play that role. And like I said, I think he could be the one to do that. Uh, but, you know, there, there's certainly some risk, which is why he's, you know, like a 13th, 14th, 15th rounder. So, um, but that's, that's a bold, that's a bold choice. I think it's not a bad one by, by any means. I'm just not necessarily one that's probably going to invest in a, in a non uh, Amendola receiver. Cause I got, got some other guys on the list, which uh, I'll share briefly. Denny, do you want to talk about one of your guys? Uh, one of the, one of my guys that jumped out uh, was Brandon LaFell from the Panthers. I know that he was a disappointing. I guess you would you would call him now. You would call him a, a post hype sleeper, perhaps. Maybe not even that because I think that he's just dead to a lot of people after um, last year being expected to enter that maybe wide receiver two conversation. But you know, lo- looking back at his um, twenty twelve. Uh, you know, he had uh, eight games in which he was targeted seven or more times. I know that's a bit of an arbitrary number, but I just thought that, um, you know, that, that was a lot more uh, action than, uh, than I thought he was getting. Um, he's still the number two receiver. Um, and, uh, Davis, I know that uh, you have spent your fair share of time looking at um, similarity scores on Rotoviz. Um, and, but, and, uh, uh, LaFell's 2013 projection uh, point projection uh, is uh, is is pretty sweet for um, you know for a guy going as as lady as he is in drafts um, you know his median projection in, in PPR is eight points a game uh, I think getting that out of uh, out of a guy going as as late as LaFell is which uh, he's actually going um, 
68th overall, or he's, I'm sorry, he's the 68th wide receiver off the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy late. And to have that kind of potential, I think is, is what you're looking for. Yeah. I've, I've heard good things out of camp so far with LaFell. And, and I think what that does is almost knock Greg Olson potentially down a little bit. If LaFell does end up, uh, you know, performing well in the preseason and actually gaining, gain more of that trust from cam because you know, people were, like you said, super, super excited about him last year. Um, and he was definitely a favorite sleeper. He was one of my sleepers. Um, and it, it just didn't necessarily pan out. He had a couple weeks uh, towards the beginning of the season that gave some fantasy owners some hope. But, you know, most of the season it was it was a uh, it was not a, a startable performance. Davis, do you have any thoughts on Brandon LaFell? Yeah, he was actually on my list. Nice. Uh, Stolen, sniped. <laughs> if, if Steve Smith loses another step like he clearly did last year, uh, he becomes a number one wide receiver in an offense with an elite quarterback. He's a big red zone weapon. He's a guy that you can acquire for basically nothing with sky high upside. I've been taking him a lot. Yeah. Interesting. My, uh, I'll, I'll go with the first guy on my list, and that's Ryan Broyles. Um, you know, he's, he's hopefully going to come back healthy uh, for Detroit. Um, Matthew Stafford's probably going to toss the rock another 700 times this year. Um, pure volume alone, if Broyles is healthy, he's going to contribute. Uh, but but he's, a, he's a very, very solid ball player. Right before he got hurt, he had six receptions, 126 yards with Stafford. They were starting to uh, gain some chemistry. I think entering the season, you can't find many more high upside wide receivers late in the draft than a guy like Ryan Broyles. Yeah, no, I, I actually love, love Broyles. I, I had this... Uh, uh, ongoing uh, trolling situation with uh, free Nate Burleson. Yeah, with free with uh, Mister Free Nate Burleson himself, uh, Ryan Ford. Yeah, what is that? Can you explain that? I see that all the time. What is that all about? So I guess last year when Burleson broke his leg, which I think that was the injury that put him out for the year. Uh, I you know I mean I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy to see the guy go out, but. <laughs> But but I was in a fantasy sense I was thrilled because so I felt messed up. I know I know it's sick. I'm Can't so wait sick. till you break your leg tomorrow. I know right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I really am. Um, you know, in Burleson, look at I just think that he was uh, um, addition by sub- by subtraction and Broyles in that spot. I mean, not necessarily on the outside. But getting his targets, I think, is fantasy wise, is much more appealing to me. I mean, Broyles is is a legit, uh, uh, you know, strong-handed, fast, elusive receiver, and Burleson's just kind of Brandon Lloydish, you know, yeah. just kind of floats around, just kind of catches it and slides and slides out of bounds. I just, I, I hate the way that guy plays. Anyway, Ryan Forbes from the Two Two Mugs podcast, he uh, has been uh, trolling me for the better part of two months saying uh, hashtag free, free Nate Burleson. Didn't he, didn't he troll, troll you tonight with the Denario Alexander news? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, Wait, with Alexander out, how much are you bumping up Burleson? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I stole your Shane Vereen joke too. I said he was so- going to soak up Alexander's left oh, over for, target. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Of course he is. Of course yeah. he is. That, uh, Davis, do you like Broyles this year? You know, I don't know. I, I did some research on their tight ends, and for whatever reason, he is addicted to throwing to those tight ends. Tony Scheffler had 100 targets this yeah, last year. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's... Which is – and if Royals doesn't come back healthy, I, I think I think 
he probably has a chance of being a wide receiver too, but he's definitely more of a PPR play than a standard league yeah, play. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I, I it, it's, it's interesting. And Denny and I were actually chatting earlier today about that that 08 Oklahoma team with, with DeMarco Murray and Sam Bradford and Gresham and Broyles. And, like, it's insane. That team was solid. I love that team. Oh, yeah. Solid team. Um, so, Davis, who's, who's another guy that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, I don't know if it counts because his ADP, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, is 10.12, but I, Justin Blackman was next on my list. Interesting. Yeah, um, so I wrote this article on my site the other day, and I just wanted to look at his sim scores, basically, and they projected him really favorably, probably because he's big and fast and was a top-five draft pick, sure. which is basically all the things that you want out of like a second-year wide receiver, especially because he was really strong towards the end of the year. And I think if Chad Henney gets the gig, like I think there's a chance both him and Shorts are usable wide receivers. Or does does the suspension worry you at all? No, I think it makes him a lot cheaper. Um, I think that's a guy that you can maybe even pick up on your waiver wire after whoever drafts him gets like wants to pick up Isaac Redman after week two or whatever. Yeah. Like I think that's a really good guy to like have on your bench or to monitor on the waiver wire. Denny, how do you feel about Justin Blackman? I think in um, probably in more casual leagues, he's going to drop to a point of kind of stupid value, where um, you know you'll you'll be able to scoop him up uh, really late. You know, like maybe just before you draft a defense and a kicker, um, and, and go from there. And in you know in higher level leagues, I think people will be a little more savvy. I, I think it's always important not to reach just. You know, uh, with a, with a guy who's going to miss, you know, what is it, twenty percent of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's it's four games out of the thirteen that you would be or, playing in the regular season. Oh, it's more than that. Okay, sorry, I, I for some reason I thought it was three, um, but but I agree with with Davis. I mean, the guy, the the, you know, he was he was extremely reliable once he started clicking uh, with Henny, um, you know, late last season or in the middle of last season. So. If if Henny's the guy, I feel much more confident in Blackman. With short with shorts though, just on on a side note, I had this conversation about shorts today. Um, uh, there was a stat that I put out that said uh, Henny targeted shorts twenty five percent of the time on uh, uh, when he was in, and, and Gabbard only seventeen percent. Uh, that's a significant gap, but it was pointed out to me by many many astute Twitter followers that um, <laughs> <laughs> that. And they're right uh, that that uh, Shorts was basically a third or fourth right. receiver for much of the time Gabbert was in, so he wasn't even getting snaps. So that that's why that percentage is so is so off. That's why I wouldn't really worry about Shorts if Gabbert is named the Week One starter. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not necessarily against getting Justin Blackman, but I don't think I'm as high from a from a, more of a logic standpoint. You know, I, I think there's a like we've been saying, there's a lot of upside. Uh, you know where where his ADP is at. You got a guy like Emmanuel Sanders potentially, uh, maybe a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, um, guys that that could still produce pretty favorable numbers this season that are going to give you a full season. And and you know you know how I am and how I approach fantasy football from that weekly perspective. So I totally understand, you know, the reasoning for getting a guy like Justin Blackman. But another thing that I do worry about is the fact that Maurice Jones-Drew is coming back. I think that. That Jacksonville's not going to have to. Jacksonville can uh, be a balanced offense whenever they have some semblance of a running game with Maurice Jones-Drew. I mean, they had they had a, an 
awful time last year running the football, and they had awful running backs. Rashad Jennings is horrible. And and I I do fear for, for both wide receivers there that things could not be as, as pass-friendly, per se, uh, in, in Jacksonville this season. I'm not saying that, that they're going to be worthless, but just, you know, if, if, if you're going to throw a negative out there, something like that would, would be the negative for those receivers. I, I, I don't mind Blackman's value there. Um, I'd, I'd probably wait a little bit longer uh, if he does drop, but I certainly see the upside. I think drafting Blackman depends on the type of team that you build in front of yeah, him. If you, sure. if, you re- if you really need upside at your wide receiver position, if you're you know, if you're stuck with some, if Stevie Johnson is your wide receiver too or whatever, then Blackman's going to be a good pick because there's a lot of upside there that uh, those those middling guys don't just don't have. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And, and I, th- I think too, if it, I, actually, I might even say that if you have you know three really solid wideouts that you feel really comfortable with, then you get Blackman as your wide receiver four because you know that you can just stash him. And, exactly. And, you know, you yeah. can just, you, you can just chill out on your bench. And have a few margaritas waiting for his turn. <laughs> well, and then and then you're gonna just Jeff stupid because you're absolutely destroyed. You guys didn't know that Justin Blackman loves margaritas. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I com- I compared him to Jesse Pinkman in an article I wrote the other day. Nice, so. very nice. Wait, is that the guy from Breaking Bad? That is. It was a Breaking Bad themed fantasy article. Oh, I did see that. Yes. And there's okay. a there's a new one coming on Number Fire by by one of the contributors. It's a Breaking Bad theme. You guys and you're breaking. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as big. I just. I did just uh, watch an episode of Dexter though, which I'm I'm pumped to find out. Time Warner Cable screwed me. For the record, just want to throw it out there. If anyone has Time Warner Cable, I feel I'm sorry. Time Warner apparently has is having a disagreement with Showtime and CBS, and 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 now we don't get those stations. So pretty much, this is the worst night ever. I, I'm I you know we we lose Denario Alexander forever, and uh, and you're you're caught in the middle of a of a corporate ruckus. Yeah, and I can't watch freaking Dexter. Unbelievable. I, I am judging. I am judging you a little with the Dexter thing. I actually hate that show. I, I are you kidding me? I I actually have deep hatred in my heart for dexter you are nuts i watched the first two seasons and i liked it i loved it maybe and then it got way it got out of control i like him as the insular quiet guy i don't like him as this like public figure that he's become i i i you're you're missing out man missing out we're gonna here let's do we're gonna have a vote on twitter if you guys are listening to this right now go onto the twitter Tag tag all three of us in a in a tweet and tell me if you say yes that means that you like Dexter if you say no that means you don't and I only want those words I don't want any more no explanation no explanation it's yes or no so all right see, all right if we see we'll see, see who happens. wins Denny you're gonna win of course you're gonna win <laughs> it's not even fair I'm just making your I'm just making your month of August more painful thanks. <laughs> Oh man, Denny, do you want to share any more uh, late round guys? I have two more. If you don't have, do. do you have more? I do. D- I have, say I have one. one. I have one more. I will. Um, Jeremy Curley. Wow, Jeremy, uh, really? Okay. Of the of the juggling Curley brothers, um, he uh, he's the eighty first wide receiver off the board, which is, I mean, basically he's going in, you know, in the middle of the forty ninth round of your drafts. 50th, um, maybe. Right, maybe. Uh, oh, you always have to nitpick. I know. Um, 
So uh, anyway, he's basically he was going undrafted in most leagues, and he's going to probably be the number one receiver on the Jets. Is that is that right, guys? Would, yeah. Would you? Well, uh, yeah. Well, Santonio Holmes is. I, I yeah. I read he's going to be out what for the first like four to six games or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. So so you know to start the year he's you're going to have a number one receiver. I mean on a on a horrible offense, no doubt. And I'd rather have Geno Smith starting, but. If if Mark Sanchez does in fact somehow start Week One, uh, you know it's good to know that uh, he had uh, his adjusted yards per attempt to Curly was seven seven and a half yards, which was last year, which was uh, leaps and bounds beyond the next person, which was Jeff Cumberland. Nice. Honestly, this is real. Um, I mean, I mean, can I just, I'll just run this down. That, Jeff, Cunner, that sounds like such, he's a, he's like a, he, he's like a plumber. Right. No. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's in, he's in the fantasy hipsters, uh, all plumber league. That's what I thought. Sure. Okay. Just making sure. Um, but anyway, so he, anyway, he had great chemistry with, with, uh, with Curly for what it's worth. Uh, and if you look at the, a little run in the middle of the season for Curly, when he really was. The, the the number one target uh, in that offense. He had week seven uh, versus New England, 11 targets. Week eight against Miami, 11 targets. The next week, eight targets. Two weeks later against New England, another 11. So, you know, I just, I think that you're getting someone for free who could have, you know, uh, potential, great, great potential for the first four to six weeks of the year. Yeah. Davis, do you have any feelings towards Curley? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a PPR guy. There's been a couple articles that I've read about him, but there's always value in having a number one wide receiver, even if they don't have the touchdown upside. But, I mean, you guys probably both know how I feel about Stephen Hill and Geno. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yes. And true. and and you're right. I mean, Stephen Hill could throw a wrench in all this curly business. So. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll just say I'll, – I'll say one of my guys um, – just to you know, keep the time down a little bit. But the one guy that I really wanted to talk about was Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he's going in the 11th round, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Um, I love him this year in Trestman's offense, and the reason for that is Trestman, Trestman you know, historically has spread the ball around. That's one of the reasons uh, that I've finally kind of uh, dipped Brandon Marshall down to that like four spot uh, behind Dez and AJ, um, and obviously Megatron. But, you know, I, I don't think Marshall's going to see the, the same kind of volume that he did last year, which made him uh, such a good fantasy wideout. He's still going to be stellar, don't get me wrong. Um, but, but the one thing with Tressman is that he, he spreads the ball around. He, he had three very, very relevant receivers uh, the season that Rich Gannon went off with Jerry Porter, Jerry Rice, and Tim Brown. Um, I'm not saying that, that either any of the guys on this team, uh, other than B. Marsh, are, are talented enough to do that, but... I do think that Alshon uh, has a lot of potential to be um, a really good uh, piece and a really good counterpart to Brandon Marshall's game while, while Martellus Bennett kind of gets the middle of the field. And Matt Forte, obviously, is still going to get his action in the backfield. Uh, so, so Alshon's a guy that I'm definitely targeting in a lot of leagues this year. Uh, I think that, that he, he works, he fits the, the Trestman system well, and it's going to come down. And he's a second-year guy, which I, I love second-year receivers. Uh, but But – you know, again, it's going to come down to how he develops from year one to year two. Thoughts? That was my that was my third guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, basically, like coming out of college, I really like he just has really good talent. 
uh, his junior year, like market share numbers, like his dominator rating is just was just ridiculous. And um, like I, the film guys have like some sort of problem with how he like separates or whatever. But like he's a better physical prospect than uh, than DeAndre Hopkins. So I think he's being crazy undervalued given everything about the balanced Tressman system. Yeah, Denny, you love Tressman. Do you love Alshon? Well, I mean, you said you basically just said that Alshon is Jerry Rice. So I don't know. How That's I can't... true. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for that to hit Twitter. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, I, reports out of training camp, Bears training camp, uh, all good. And you're right. I mean, the 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 Trustman system does not allow for um, a quarterback to have goo goo eyes like uh, Cut, like Cutler has had for 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 Marshall or last year when it was just, I mean, how many targets did Marshall get? 220 or something last like year? Like 743. Right. That's he right. 39% of the team's total. Pass yeah. It pass. was, it was ridiculous. I mean, he, his, his fantasy value, he, in standard leagues in uh, PPR, I don't even know, but he, he didn't finish very far behind Calvin at all. Like five points. I mean, I think, uh, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, Davis, but I think Rotoviz, uh, I saw something on Rotoviz that has him projected as the number one, receiver yeah um sean siegel did uh he just ran through all of the all of the top 40 wide receivers like just like by adp and did a sim score on him and he came out ahead of calvin just by the sim score app yeah i mean that's that's pretty amazing i'm not saying that you know he's not going to get targets this year but there it will be spread around more and and uh if you're looking for i think i think i'm taking alshon probably in standard leagues more than more than ppr but that's just me yeah, I mean, he's going to be a deep ball threat. He's 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 definitely more so one than, than the other guys on the team. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. And everyone's still going to be excited about Earl Bennett because Earl Bennett's going to exist in Chicago in perpetuity. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. him, him and Cutler room together. They always go back to that. They, they, we, they're best friends. That means that they're going to be really good at football together at the professional level. And, and and there's a similar situation in Detroit, and it's funny, you know, because Cutler and Stafford are the two bros of the quarterback world. Yeah. So you have Stafford who room with Chris Durham, right? Mm. Right. Oh, they, and, they've they've got that, that. I don't know how that didn't work out. And Chris Durham plays football. <laughs> That's so. right. Stafford um, Stafford is the broiest bro. I wrote an article <laughs> and I just like hyperlinked to a couple pictures of him, just like for hilarity. And I was just on Google Images looking at him, and he is just ridiculous. He, like that guy doesn't even look like a quarterback. I know it, it is. It's, yeah. it's pretty insane. If, if if Stafford would cut down on like his alcohol consumption by like twenty percent, and then maybe work out once in a while, he could be a, an amazing, amazing quarterback. The guy, he's just he's just this big bowl of jelly. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can't even. Face. I can't even like go to the grocery store after a night of drinking, let alone you know go play football. But Stafford right. does that every weekend. I mean, how, listen, how how hungover is he on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving game every year? <laughs> the most, the most hung. You can't. It's the not even funny. Hungover. I mean, he's probably drunk when he gets to the field. For sure, uh, for sure. That, why do you, why do you think he fla- he just flails around all the time and throws sidearm? <laughs> it's clearly probably, the, it's the booze. He bro ices Calvin in the huddle for sure. What we what we have to do is we have to find Matthew Stafford at a bar, drunk, and we have to throw a ball to him, and he's going to catch it, and we'll say, hey, toss it back to me. If he throws sidearm, we know that his sidearm tosses her because he's drunk. Because he's right. <laughs> I'm on my way to Detroit right now. That's, that's the test. 
the sidearm test. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we, we got, we went through, the last guy on my list, I'll just say him, it was Ruben Randall, but we won't get into him. Um, do you guys have any guys that uh, you think sh- don't even warrant a late round draft pick, Denny? Oh, oh my gosh. I do have to say this. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been in conversations on Twitter with, with people who really legitimately believe that Jacoby Jones is going to be a, a real fantasy option That's this year. awful. Like, like for real. And, and it's based on, get this, that catch he had against Denver last year in the playoffs. Oh, clearly. Because you know, you know what he is, guys. I don't know if you've ever heard this term. Jacoby Jones is a playmaker. Oh, of course. <laughs> so of course. makes it happen. He makes it happen exactly. He makes things happen, and you want that on your fantasy team. That actually, that, re- that and I know I'm so. Sorry. This is the tenth time I've mentioned Rotoviz. I'm not sorry about it because it's a great site. But I will say that that um, what's what's the app that they released, Davis? That that joke app. Intangibles. Oh, the Intangibles app. Yes, Jacoby Jones probably scores amazing on the intangibles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a gym rat for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look at the guy. Davis, do you have anyone that uh, you think could bust? Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't foresee myself taking Robert Woods, Kendall Wright, or Chris Gibbons at all, probably anywhere for any reason. That's that's actually interesting. I have, on my, my list, I have any Rams receiver. I can't, other than Tavon, obviously, but I can't, like, I can't buy into it. I don't. I don't know what to expect right now. And if I'm drafting on, you know, August sixth, whatever today is, I'm not going to. Um, I'm just not going to invest in a, in a Rams receiver when there's this other talent that we've been talking about throughout this podcast. Although the, I would the, take one over Jacoby Jones. The Rams GM, uh, I think, came out and said last week that uh, he doesn't. He he sees the receiving core there as as. A bunch of guys who will catch 50, 50 balls or, or less. Right, and right. I don't know. I don't know if that includes Tavon Austin because, you know, he'll be used as more than just a standard, average, everyday wide receiver. I don't know if that includes him. But when you're talking about quick, when you're talking about Givens, I just, I just don't. You know, I think that he was saying we're, we're not going to, you know, nobody's going to get a ton of targets here. It's going to be hard for people to to part with Brian Quick. I think just because we everyone was so excited about him um, four months ago. You know, like our buddy Brian Fontaine at PFF, uh, you know, it was one of the guys that he was pushing really hard. Not to say that Brian's still feeling that way because he's not one to stick to his guns and be a huge dick about it. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I think that there are going to be some stubborn people out there that are just super excited about a, a Givens or a Quick and they just draft them uh, based on that. I would like I would like someone to explain why Tavon Austin is worth a seventh round pick. Today, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean I can I understand the allure the allure of like a in a in a PPR league a little bit, but I, I I'm not I'm not necessarily taking him at all in in drafts. Denny, do you, are you taking him? Yeah, no, I I um I can't unless unless you know he's supposed to be you know like a like a running back wide receiver hybrid who gets the ball all the live long day for some reason I just I can't I could never spend a seventh round pick on him yeah no. De- DeAndre Hopkins is is the only rookie wideout that I'm that I that I think could reach his his ADP plus some I would say um I'd say you're right yeah so uh so I decided to create a game. 
um, while I was writing up this agenda. It was called. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be called this guy or that guy. And we're going to pretend that this is a PPR league, and I'm going to say two guys' names. There's four sets, and you guys are just going to tell me who you would pick, okay? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. I'll go I'll, – I'll start with Denny, and then I'll go to, to, to our boy. Davis Maddox. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Denny, Michael Floyd or DeAndre Hopkins? Hopkins. Davis? Hopkins. Yeah, I'm going Hopkins, too. Uh, Brian Hartline or Kendall Wright? Davis. Hartline. I'm going Hartline. What are you going, Denny? Hartline without blinking. Without blinking. He's the man. I actually Same. haven't blinked this whole this whole podcast. It's getting painful. We should have mentioned Brian Hartline earlier <laughs> for the record. <laughs> that was I, just, I just processed your comments. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, we should have mentioned Brian Hartline. He's the man. Well, I think Davis, you mentioned this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. He's he's uh, the cheapest 100 target receiver out there. No, that's a good. That's point. Uh, that's copyright fantasy douche. That's his line. But yeah. oh, it is okay. It is okay. That's it's still it's very very true. All right, uh, Muhammad Sanu or Brandon LaFell? I'll start. I'll say Muhammad Sanu. You guys are probably going to go LaFell. Yeah, I'm going yeah. LaFell. Well. I'm I'm a big Sanu guy this year. Uh, they're they're really pumped about him here in Cincinnati. But that that's more of a of an upside play for me, red zone guy. I'd probably I don't know. I might look LaFell in more of a PPR league. Uh, so last one, Justin Blackman or Golden Tate? Denny. You know, oh god, Tate. Tate not blinking, easy. Yeah, I'm saying Tate too. I think we all agree that he's he's the guy over Rice. Yeah, yeah. I kind of changed my tune on that because at first I was about Sydney Rice. So we got we have two Twitter tw- Twitter questions uh, that that people asked. I think there were more, but I'm only going to read two because I'm mean. Uh, do you guys think that uh, Nick Toon uh, contributes this season, Denny? I, I'm going to get. I'm just going to hand this off to Davis. I, I'm I'm really not that. Not you know I that he's a he's a big time dynasty freak kind of guy. You're not in tune with Nick Toon. Oh oh oh. See what oh. I did there? <laughs> Go ahead, Davis. That take was awful. <laughs> uh, um, once we see one injury, if it whether it be Colston's foot, Graham's ankle, anything like that, I think that we could see Toon contribute. Probably not anything more than like a wide receiver three because they're still so jammed up right now. But I, I think it's definitely possible just given his skill set. But, yeah, doesn't it seem like the, there's another uh, – there's a wide receiver three every single day in New Orleans? Like there's, there's just another guy. Like everyone was so high on Joey Morgan. Um, is he, He's hurt though right now, correct? Is he hurt? I don't know about that, but Tune is better than all those guys, Yeah, I think. I, I think – I think I, I actually – I. To me, that that third receiver in New Orleans has to be a big play guy, and Morgan has the ability to do that. So that's why I would potentially lean Morgan over Toon. Uh, but yeah, but but it, 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 I don't think that they're either are going to be super relevant in a redraft league. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. So the, another question was kind of random, but Ruben Randall in best ball leagues, what round would you take him in? Uh, Davis, let's start with you. I mean, 
Nick still hasn't gotten back to practice. Like, if, if I felt good about my running backs and I wasn't trying to grab, you know, some upside handcuffs, I would probably, like, jump the gun in, like, the 10th. Yeah. Denny, do you, any earlier or later? Uh, yeah, I would go later, probably. The, I pro- not, maybe not much later. But um, there's still no, like, ext- extremely clear path to him becoming um, a, a, a number one or number two target there, except for a Nick's injury. Which you know apparently Nick's is a hundred percent like he said this uh, this morning. I don't know if you can believe that or not, but it does. It reminds me. Tell tell me if you guys think this. It reminds me just a little bit about the the kind of the the, the creeping third receiver that was Victor Cruz, yeah. who crept up on Mario Manningham, who was a fantasy sleeper stud type guy coming into that season. Right? Yeah. People were obsessed with him. Right, but I think I th- that's the problem with Rand- what sucks with Randall is that Mario Manningham isn't as good as the two receivers that the Giants have right now, and no, not nearly. Yeah, you know, so it's it's like, uh, you know, clearly we were all excited about Mario Manningham's potential, and and but but at the same time, you know, both Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix are are more than proven. Hakeem Nix, the only reason that we're even talking about Ruben Randall realistically, is. Aside from his talent, he's got great talent. But I'm saying from an opportunity perspective is because Hakeem Nix can't stay on the field. And and that, that's a huge, huge part of it. And now Ruben Randall's getting that opportunity uh, because Nix hasn't even uh, touched the field uh, t- to to be one of Eli's favorite targets. And that that's just driving up his, his cost and driving up his cost. I like him a lot. I think that there's a lot of potential there because I think that if he does get that opportunity, he... he would almost easily be a wide receiver too. I, I, I truly believe that, in, especially in a deeper league. Um, but but again, there's a lot of risk associated with that just because those are two very talented receivers above him on the depth chart. That's true. It is different in, in that way. Just, I guess, because of the same team and everything. No, and- no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree with you completely that it, that it has that same feeling. It's like the way that I, I felt about, you know, Jordan Cameron compared to Kyle Rudolph last year, right? It's just like right. the it's it's the feeling that you get and the way that the hype is surrounding those players. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, I I do love I do love Randall. I do, I think that you know I I would take him in the eleventh or twelfth round of a best ball. Nice. I think that that uh, just about does it with our players. Anything that I miss, guys? That you just kind of want to want to talk about, and we could we could just chat. I mean, let's let's talk about Ryan Tannehill's four interceptions at training camp today. Hmm? Oh man, that sounds <laughs> worthwhile. Did are you still are you still loving on him, Denny? Uh, just as a matchup play, and I actually wrote I I actually have a four for four article that came out uh, today this afternoon. Uh, it's part five. Yes, part five. Like like a great like a great horror film. I have five parts to this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to this series of quarterback by waiver wire. And uh, I talk about Tannehill as a guy I am avoiding uh, for week one at Cleveland. Cleveland uh, actually has a, has a, has a pretty decent secondary. They were pretty brutal against quarterback brutal in a bad way for quarterbacks. If that makes sense yeah. um, uh, against uh, late, you know, late in the season. And, um, uh, they were top five in giving up um, adjusted uh, fantasy points, according to four for fours, little helpful tools there. So, um, 
I uh, I am avoiding him, but I think that he does have an easy schedule overall, and he will be he'll he will be a matchup play as the season goes on. That that first that week one game is going to be like nine to six. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be the most avoidable fantasy game ever. I'm just not even going to touch it. It's not worth it. Anyway, Denny, do you have a uh, rant that you would like to talk about? I would just quickly. I wrote a uh, a quick preview for the fake football this week about. Um, streaming defenses that I'm targeting uh, for week one. And um, I don't think it's too early because I think people are, you know, either starting to or, or will soon have their real drafts. Um, you know, wh- whether that's wise or not, I'm not sure. But uh, I just wanted to get it out there. And uh, a lot of the reaction I got in the comment section and, and on Twitter was, was um, uh, I don't feel comfortable not not rolling with the same defense every week and 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 the, the, i and so so basically what they're saying is i I'll, i will take my seattle i'll take my chicago you know in the 10th round or 11th round or even earlier for some people and i just can't explain and i, I will explain actually on the fake football i will explain the kind of the mathematical consequences of what you're doing there and that it makes absolutely no sense. You may feel comfortable. It may feel make you feel all warm and fuzzy to say, I have the Seahawks defense and I'm rolling with them every week. But in the long run, you are, you're going to score more fantasy points streaming, finding favorable matchups week to week. Now, this is nothing. This is not earth shattering for, for anyone who's been playing fantasy for any amount of time. I just think it's important this time of year not to get all stubborn about your freaking team defense, okay? <laughs> so let's let's just uh, let's let's just go with the, the streaming there, fellas, people. You you want to know what's really interesting about that is I was I wrote that that piece today on Number Fire, uh, just you know, top five defense to look at at draft time that that have good basically the defenses that have favorable week one matchups, which is what we look for as competent fantasy owners and. Um, the, the the funny part was that Seattle's so number fire has everything already uh, you know played out from a from a projection standpoint for week one and so on and then it just adjusts as the season goes and Seattle is actually ranked in the twenties week one so wow. so so the very first week that you're playing your quote unquote stud defense they could be a potential disaster which not to say that they will. But it's you know it's it's just interesting that uh, you know people are getting so high on on drafting a defense even in even in the eleventh round doesn't make any sense, especially with no. with the depth at at all positions. No, absolutely. I I think uh, like the the defenses. I think we both highlighted. Uh, well, one of them was was Kansas City. I mean, they play a, a Jaguars offense that. I mean, is that, are you scared? Is anyone right, scared? Exactly. Of what, they, what they're going to do? I, I'm not. Justin so. Blackman's going to be drinking some Margs. He's got some Margs. That was <laughs> that was such a broy thing to say. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> learned it. Learned it from Matthew Stafford. From from Fat Face himself. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to be quick. Um, my my rant. I, I always rant about opinions. I always rant about opinions. I'm not a very you know confrontational person. Uh, but, but uh, you know, there's there's been things that have been going on in, in the sports world, um, especially surrounding one Riley Cooper, 
um, that has been, you know, controversial and, and uh, for, for many, many reasons. And, you know, I just want to say that, that things that tie to history like that and things that are sensitive like that, um, as a writer, as a fantasy writer, especially, not as any writer, but as a fantasy writer, as a football writer, that if you're, if you're one to just analyze the game, you might have an opinion on those things, but that doesn't mean that everyone needs to know what your opinion is. I think that, you know, when situations like that occur, you need to understand when to step back and, and understand how sensitive topics like that are. So all I'm saying is, you know, your opinion as a fantasy writer is to not talk about derogatory terms or, or racial slurs. It's to talk about fantasy football. So do that. That's, that's my rant. Good rant. That was quick, but it was necessary. That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, that was good. Man, Davis, any last thoughts? Dude, I got nothing. Nice. We talked about a lot of wide receivers. We did talk we about did. a lot of wide receivers. Where? T- why don't you let everyone know where they can find Davis Maddox. <laughs> Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. JJ, you can auto tune that if you want. Sweet. Um, Sweet. I write at sportswonderkin.com, rotoviz.com, uh, the fantasy fix, and fantasysports.org. You are you're everywhere, man. Absolutely everywhere. Uh, and, and up and comer in the industry for sure. You guys should check out Davis. Uh, a great follow on Twitter. Um, and and you know, thanks for thanks for coming on tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It was great. For sure. Denny, why don't you uh, let everyone know where they can find you? Oh, I will. Okay. Uh, live in Durwood. I'm sorry. It's uh, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at, at CDCarter13. Uh, I write for uh, thefakefootball.com, sportsjerks.net, and 4for4.com. Uh, and I have a book. I don't know if you guys know this. Maybe I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's uh, how to how to think like a fantasy football winner, and uh, all the proceeds, as you know, go to my uh, seven month old son's uh, food. So you know, I mean, do if you, you hate Denny's child? I, I was, I was, I was actually thinking, Denny. So you know how like podcasts? I think Micah James really started the trend with with the like commercials in the middle, right? The advertisements. You need to record one of you like crying talking about your child to buy the book. Exactly. <laughs> it would be so brilliant. Sales have been down, guys. <laughs> and then you have Xavier just crying in the background. Right. He's crying, please degenerates, please. <laughs> oh, that's so, so bad. Well, I'm the late round quarterback, JJ Zacharyson. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the X if you into taking drugs. Jeez. Just yeah. kidding. This is a, this is a family show. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB and, of course, my new home, NumberFire.com, where I am busting out content on the reg daily. <laughs> your, your, your abbreviations are out of control right now. <laughs> Sipping on some Margs. You caught the Stafford fever. What's that? You caught the Stafford fever, which I'm sure a couple sorority girls have, too. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I got got my hat on backwards. <laughs> Stafford style. 
Anyway, all right, I think that does it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Denny, let's go get some milkshakes. Milkshakes it is. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.